Hello and welcome to another episode of the Engaged Podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And today we are doing our first episode of 2022 and revisiting our Borg designation species episode, which is obviously this has been part two. So, hey guys, uh, yeah, we're back. <laughs> yeah, and oldie but a goodie because I was looking back and we recorded this at the end of 2020 yeah and it was actually the last of our extra episodes that we did in that epically crazy year yeah um and after it we got i got chatting to christoph and sheer ricking hubris or trek fan rick on twitter and that spurred on a new episode because there was some very interesting points raised in it and we both re-listened to the episode recently mm-hmm. because we'd forgotten what we actually said in it because it's well two years ago and we did 5.3 million episodes in that year and i can't <laughs> can't remember what happened no no yeah all the episodes we do just kind of blur into one don't they so we've listened to it last night and it was quite good actually and that so that was the last episode of the extra episodes of that year so that was interesting that was cool yeah um, um, yeah we just also want to say just hope you guys all had a nice new year and we also just want to point out that we are recording this on Skype. Um, unfortunately, my headphones have gone kaput, so the sound might sound a little bit different because I'm just using the speakers and microphone from my computer. But but this is only for one episode, and I've already ordered just some new headphones. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think there's a few things that I noticed from last episode that I think we're going to tweak slightly. We're not going to rely on the beta species designation list as much because i think it's um, it was unreliable first time we used it and i don't think it should be we should use it as much this time around so we're going to stick to the canon list it's shorter but which is memory alpha isn't it yeah it gets to the point but we're going to dance around the questions raised in the conversations i had on twitter because i think there's some interesting points raised and then in the episode uh, I'm also going to talk, spend a bit of time and talk about the Borg Cube Advent Calendar from Eagle Moss Hero Collector that I was unboxing during Advent. Um, just giving my final thoughts, so I didn't actually do that on Twitter because, well, I couldn't be bothered and it was Christmas and whatnot. <laughs> and I am sporting my Lucius of Borg um, pin as well. Oh, are you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I can see it, yeah. I thought I told you. I thought you should, I showed you. No, I don't think so. I think I, I did, and you've forgotten. My, my memory's not that bad, so. It was 40 minutes ago, Jamie. I don't recall you, you, you showing me that, but I'll take your word for it that I forgot. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh, yeah, I can see it, yeah. Cool. Jamie logic, people. <laughs> It's either Jamie's attempt at Jamie logic or Jamie acting. I don't know which, but it's <laughs> always got his head in his hands. It's, at the too, <laughs> it's too early in the year for that sort of shenanigan, so I don't know what. And, and the just, podcast is back, guys. Can we just get on with it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I'm not sure I can say I can put up with many more of this Jamie logic crap. It will return at some point this year. You know that side, don't you? I'm willing to bet it will probably be by the end of this episode, but yes, it's yeah. Oh, thank you. Hmm. So, 
going back to August of 2020, which just sounds like 200 years ago, um, the first comment that came up was uh, Trek fan Rick, um, who replied going, enjoyed listening, certainly improved my shopping trip. I wonder, do the Borg assign to stations species they know by assimilation, assimilating someone who knows about them, i.e. when assimilating Hansons, do they learn about the Vulcans, Klingons and Orions, etc., and number them? Which is something I think we did touch on in the original episode. And I think it's an interesting case. And it does kind of work into what Christoph says somewhere else, or, or does he say somewhere? I can't remember. Yeah, um, where is it? Oh, yeah, there you go. He, where I replied, interesting aspect, Rick, that they, that I, we didn't really consider, but in my opinion, I think that it would lead the ball to those races uh, where after simulation they'd be added to list. As if it was listed during a newly acquired database, they'd be listed one after another. Which she replied, true, they'd probably not trust the details of valuable organic memory and prefer to simulate them for themselves. Advantage of a linked hive mind is you don't have one lazy guy filling in a designations the easy way to avoid simulating. So I think I think you know what what is interesting about that whole thing as well is is you know um, I think what I think would be quite important is it would depend who they assimilate. So if you take the idea of the Hansons. They were scientists, weren't they? They had a wealth of knowledge. Um, and the Federation like database. Hmm? And the Federation database. Exactly. So I think also it depends on the people that the Borg would assimilate in terms of what information they would actually get about that species and maybe others as well. Well, my thought was last night is that, as we said in the original episode, there's an awful lot of gaps in the canon list. So there's no reason why in those gaps could be those missing iconic races that we don't know about. Mm. And the Vulcans and the humans are actually fairly close to each other. So that kind of does make a bit of sense, although Vulcan is not that far from Earth. So it's a little bit, still a bit iffy. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, because, you know, maybe we've been looking at this the wrong way. Maybe it's because I think we always said it was a case of old the Borg where they travel to and and in certain circumstances but maybe it's the people that they assimilate because as you say if you say if you take the example of the Hansons, they have knowledge of um i think as rick as kind of as rick was saying about the vulcans the klingons the andorians and you know so maybe it's not a case of and i mean maybe that's how it works but the thing was why put them in a specific order is it is that when the knowledge came to them first so did i don't know say the knowledge of the Balkans come to them first when they assimilated the Hansons, or is it just maybe also when they encountered them? Or I mean, that's a tricky thing, isn't it? Um, I do. I am mirroring on the side of all the numbers are gibberish and are um, random because of production. I am. I I do think you should put more credence on they are randomly assigned by the production team on each episode. There isn't any general logic to it. And we're trying to, I think as we should really go on to Christoph because I think that's really where I'm, where I'm getting to. Um, numbers random security by obfuscation, which is what I never heard of, but he means by like unclear. 
Yeah. And well, if I know anything about Starstruck production, they love to confuse us and make us go, oh, maybe that we're trying to make a mystery here, and actually it's we can't be bothered, so we're just going to come up with this number and <laughs> get on with it. And it's what we said in the last episode. It's just kind of you know we're so pedantic, we want to know, we want to know logic behind it, and we're trying to find logic where there is no logic. So you end up with these really random numbers. Where it's like, I'll go back to what I said before. Species 180 is the Ferengi, yet it takes you, what, 3,259 to get to the Vulcans. Mm. How does that work? Yeah. I mean, I, I, do, I still definitely think, though, there's there's definitely credit in what Britt was suggesting about how the Borg find out about other species. As you say, I definitely think there is something there to that. I think that's certainly plausible. Because, you know, I... I, I I think I was thinking that with that last episode, I was always thinking in terms of, you know, um, I think I said I think I said something along the lines of, well, technically they never assimilated humanity because humanity, you know, they didn't assimilate every person. Yeah, but... that was something you had a bit of trouble with last time around. It was just like, well, they didn't assimilate them all. It, this shouldn't count. I'm going, yeah, they still assimilated some people, and they so still it, it still counts. Of... Yeah. And they're still gain a lot of knowledge, not just about humanity, but about other races as well, about other species. So, yeah, I think I was, I think I was thinking too literally. So, I still think there's a bit of credence to the technology they uh, simulate also helps with the simulation process. You know, the whole hope and fear scenario, the quantum slipstream drive, and the, I think that also comes into it in some degrees, but I'm not sure that's the whole answer maybe and i i do think it is, is interesting that you more it's more interesting about the databases more than actual species the species kind of comes off as a bit of a um side like side effects is a bit of a kind of extra mm. um maybe we should talk about christoph i think christoph's got some very interesting points there's quite a few different things we do need to talk about with christoph because um it's very interesting kind of things that we never considered and then there's a bit more about uh rick as well that i think we could finish off with that little conversation yes sounds good so christoph when oh my is there one original borg species that's another can of worm it's own right i think but interesting to comment on no doubt we'll mention it in this one because i don't quite know how to answer it i did just kind of do it a bit with rumours of um theory crafting in the last episode we did on this but maybe we should expand upon it mm. um have the box stars as a group of species again that's kind of works into it uh numbers assigned in ranges to groups without constant connection um i don't know what to say to that one i think that's the one that confuses me a bit renumberings for bureaucratic reasons um i have actually got something by that one though i have actually got something to answer to that one because bureaucratic reasons means governments and that sort of thing and i think from that you do get a sense that there's a certain degree of algorithms and risk assessment analysis so it's a bit like well are these people helpful why are they helpful what can we learn from them they were yeah it, that makes sense because obviously you've got to think of the Borg as well. And I think I think obviously because I'm I'm actually watching through Voyager at the moment again. Um, 
And I think uh, Seven mentions in one of the episodes I watched that, oh, yeah, this species, they're unworthy for assimilation, so they left yeah. them alone. There's, yeah, there's, it's the dark frontier, isn't it? The kind of, these people are being assimilated for this reason. So you get this tick box situation where it's like, they're being assimilated because they make good drones. These people are assimilated for the technology, so that's hope and fear back again. So you get these tick box things where it's got to be like yay or nay, and I think that's part of it. And there's a certain level of risk assessment where it's a bit like, and I think what also plays into it, it kind of works into what we'll talk about with, no, I don't think we've done it yet, but it's kind of the whole thing with SETI and finding alien life and the kind of points in time that, uh, how advanced they that species are at that point in time. Because, the ball could get to a species and they be they could be too early. I, I think we could go for a gold lock scenario, we could gold lock uh, metaphor here. And it's it's the same thing with kind of you know, the just in the right place. And I think it's the same with this where you could just you could get some too early and they'd be too hot and they would just go, Oh no, they're they're no interest. And they could fly past the same space again say 10 years later and then they'd be perfect and then they'd get assimilated but yeah that, that works because it, even actually I've, I've you know i definitely agree with you there because if you think even the borg even with species they consider unworthy for assimilation well they're going to investigate them they're gonna you know examine I, well them. i think there's a certain degree that i think they would still keep those logs they would still go oh there's a species there we'll keep an eye on them yeah, exactly. And then in more of, a cr- more of a cruel way than the Federation going, oh, we'll give them time rather than we're going to come back and assimilate you in, you know, say 10 years time where we yeah. think you'll be advanced by. To so, kind of... so, so even even a species that's deemed unworthy of assimilation, they would probably keep a record that they've encountered them and go, well, maybe we'll visit them again later. And they might just, I mean, you know, and like, I don't know, maybe they've made some sort of advance and then they would assimilate them. So it's certainly possible, yeah. Well, I mean, can I briefly verge, uh, completely r- screw up the rules I said earlier and it goes against what I've just said but it, I, it does make it oddly it does kind of go into light canon because it does work into lower decks go on how because in uh, what's that book called because I can't remember in because I, I love that book Strange New Worlds uh, 10 the novel there's a short story called A Dish Serve Cold where they assimilate the pack lids. Again, not canon. So I know, I know I'm going against my own rules. But how would the how would the board deal with the new new uh, pack lids seen in Lower Decks? Would they now be assimilated or not? Or are they still thickos and they still go, yeah, you're, you're not help? Well, I mean... The, the pack lids, the way the pack lids work, whether lower decks or TNG is, they get technology from other species, but surely the Borg would already have knowledge of that, wouldn't they? But wouldn't you get a certain degree of cunning from them or ingenuity mm. to put to put all the bits together? So are you still saying no? Probably, yeah. I mean, the pack lids obviously have been able to trick other species. That's how they get the technology, but. I mean, can I, speech... can I ask you a question that does work into the canon list? 
actually, I think I can answer my own question, but I'll, I'm still going to ask it. What about, say, the Fringy or the Uridans or the Katarians? How does how do they work? Like, what what's what do the what do the ball get out of those species? Well, the Ferengi, the Ferengi is an interesting one, isn't it? Because obviously, their their main thing is obviously profit. And what use would the Borg have with profit? What? I think with them, it's more about uh, their skeletal stru- structure. Yeah, I think that would make sense. Yeah. Because against telepaths, you can't read them, whatever. And I think their biology is a little bit kooky. That's true, yes, because the Ferengi can't... I think that's right, the Ferengi can't be um, read, can they, by telepaths, yeah. Mm, yeah. And this is the point where I pretty much undo everything I just did by helping Jamie out, as I always do. Uh, Uridians, I think, with them, it's more you can... Um, they're very good at information gathering, so I yeah. reckon they're very good at intelligence to find out new... Um, um, pri- new prey... Um, and the Katerians, that's where it does get interesting because Katerians, we do, literally know nothing about them. No. But why would you assimilate them? There must be some purpose to it. But again, it's like, surely with the new packlets, there must be something you can gain from them. I'm but, not really sure what, but. But, I think but it, this is all speculation because we actually haven't, never, we've never seen a simulated packlet, but. You know, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah, we just don't know enough, I think. But it still is interesting, as you say, to kind of theorise about it anyway. Um, and then also last point from Christoph is other galaxies included and I think with that I go yes yeah surely there must be I think it's just when they were first assimilated it it is really down to when do you list the people yeah because I mean the Borg have the ability to obviously transwarp so yeah them visiting other galaxies is certainly plausible definitely yeah it's theodic spaces and all that sort of crap as well yeah. so i think it is just a single list of just everything and everywhere we're not we're not gonna discriminate against those people because they're from a different galaxy oh no throw them all in they're all being assimilated into this giant mooning pot of yeah and you know what's interesting about this whole list as well is i know i know it's a probably a production team thing where as you say it's probably completely random but one thing I, I want to say is it might it might not make sense to us, but it probably does to the Borg. In some ways, it does make a certain degree of logic, as though some logic has gone into it. There's just a mm. few anomalies in it. Because, Jamie, look at the list. Is there anything that you can notice that makes sense? I'm being very vague at that. I very much doubt Jamie's going to get it. Oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> but look at those numbers. Look at the species that are mentioned. Is there anything that kind of makes sense to you um well you've got quite a lot of the delta quadrant species group together correct the first up to five three two at least Mm. are very delta quadrant heavy which would make sense with their origins Mm. it's not until you hit the 3200s that you start hitting uh alpha quadrants yeah yeah, I think we might have mentioned this in our other episode. I think we did briefly speculate, didn't we? Which would make sense for what they've done and how they would get there. Again, it's that odd thing of 116 is hope and fear, which is where you get from the which kind of undoes it. It would make... 
I think in some ways it'd make more sense if they were. How the hell did it take them 300 species to get to Kazon? <laughs> like, it would have made more sense if they were further down and it, it wasn't until they got contradictory and that they could then visit the Alpha Quadrant. You're forgetting sites, production is just random. <laughs> now, I think, you know, I think Christoph has said, I think Christoph is right as well. I think it definitely does include, I think this list doesn't, does, I think they would categorise it as by other galaxies as well. I think that would factor into the Borg's, you know, way of collecting and kind of storing the information. Um, should we finish? You might as well read this one out. What about the last thing that um, Rick said? Um, oh, yes. Uh, must admit, as I wandered around the shop listening to you guys, I started dreaming up scenarios where designations were based on sector discovered in, technology level and other things, completely unrelated to order encountered in. Oh, please read the last bit because I think that's hilarious. Uh, I got so into it, I forgot to pick up some salad bits <laughs> my in-laws needed. <laughs> So I think that's a very interesting thing. It does kind of build into it, but which is why I do wonder if there are more canon species that we know about that aren't listed in between the gaps, as that would make sense. But we mm. just don't know about it. But that would make sense if you if you got this database or it's people around where you are. Surely you would just then go, let's go, let's set coordinates for their homeworld and just assimilate the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, the Borg would probably also would store information based on the knowledge they gain from that one species that, that have knowledge of other species. They would make a note of that as well, regardless. It's it's a very, it should be a very simple answer, but it's a very complicated topic mm. with lots of moving parts, a bit like the Borg themselves. What about yeah? What about I said what what Christoph was kind of saying? Is there one original Borg species? Have they started as a group of species? Now that works into the whole theory that the origins of the Borg were Vija. Um, and the whole thing I was going on last time around was based on if they were on one ship, then assimilated one thing, and then it would kind of um, cascade effects as they get one ship, and then it becomes two, and two becomes four, and so on. That's what my my thought was with it, but I still think it, based on our whole fan panel we did, I still think there's a certain degree of ones, it, it was one species and then it kind of went, well, actually, this, this, what if we did so-and-so, then, then this would help. Oh, we, we need this thing. What if we go, oh, We've learned this thing from this thing. Oh, hello, this is a good idea. Why don't we keep doing this? And then it just kind of spiraled out of control. I'm not, I'm, I don't think it would be a set of species going together and going, you know what, well, let's go and augment ourselves and go on a mission. I, I can't see it. I think there is a certain degree of automation to this where it just spiraled out of control. That makes more sense to me than just some callous alien species in the Delta room going, we've got to survive somehow. I know how we'll do it. So you don't think that would you say you don't think there was an original Borg species then? So I do th- I, I think it would be a te- technological world. Mm. 
I think you're I'm verging on the Orville of Isaac's people. Oh, what are they called? What was his species? Oh, um, oh, dude, that's been so long since I watched the Orville. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, Si. Um, let me see if I can look it up. Sid Isaac, yeah? Yeah. Having a, a mechanical world and they just go out and explore and they just went out on this mission and just carried on doing it and then it became scripture and the world came into being. I don't think there's any biological... Or they came across biology and went, oh, let's affect them. I, I don't know. I, I think there is. But I don't know how that would have Works. happened, per se. Yeah. I don't know. It's very difficult to... No, I definitely think there's... I think, definitely think it's possible. I said what Crystal Sally is, the original, one original Borg species. I don't see why not. But as it's, you say... It is how we started off. We did by going, are they species 000? Are they species 001? And I think the whole point, well, the whole discussion we got into is I think they're probably 000. And then maybe the first people they came across is 001, which then form the basis of the early days Borg. Because hmm. are we in the interesting case of have they evolved a bit like how silence have? Um, uh, I, I know it's in... Kalon? Kalon, yeah. I don't know where that came from, but I knew it began with a K. But it's that whole kind of Cylon, um, Kalon thing, and then came across biology, or... I suppose that there is a thing of, could they be biological? And then they needed a medical thing, and it did go down the AI route, which no doubt we will be coming back to later in the year, and my God, my mum's excited about that one. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I think that's interesting because maybe maybe originally the original Borg species, whoever, whatever they were, were originally biological, but maybe something happened. But maybe I mean we don't know. I mean why why how did they why did they evolve? Maybe something happened. I think there's a I think there's a thing about survival in there somewhere. I think survival comes into it, and they had to make a horrible choice hmm. where they had to either put technology into their bodies and survive that way, and they learned oh actually this works out well, let's keep doing it. Um, because that solves problem A, B and C and they just kept going until it got to the perfection extremes or it's the other way and it's technology and they went oh actually we need something biological to build off of oh this is helpful here's an alien species hmm they're not quite right though let's go and try and find the perfect species and again it's a bit like perfection and then that came into it whatever made them what they were originally that's kind of that's it because it's you know the borg is now comes with so many species what and vija v- does work into that because of the whole thing of it hit something else and then that went on a whole um strabe with um wiping out humanity so there is a yeah. certain degree with vija i don't know maybe i do like the theory but i don't know it's just there's just nothing to build on and i think if I know anything about the Sasha franchise with the board, they're going to keep it a mystery. We're never going to find out ever. Probably not, no. 
I do think there is a certain degree, as we said in the fan panel, I do think there's a certain degree of organisation came when they assimilated the Borg Queen's species, whatever the hell that is and whatever number that was. I think that then centralised things because I think then she became the, the hive mind with the kind of her biology in her brain, the way no, that she could... Yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense because you think of whatever affected the original Borg species. As you say, if we're going down that route of oh, some, they had to do it for survival. Well, things probably would have been very chaotic. So yeah, you need something to centralise whatever it is you're building and to bring organisations to chaos. So I yeah. think what we're getting around is she's effectively a Borg um, Wi-Fi router on every. <laughs> on every ship in fact that's what we're basically saying is they are wi-fi routers that links them all up um and it wasn't until the point that they could all get linked up that they kind of you do wonder if as the cascade effect went up whether they were kind of individual borg ships they weren't all identical they all would have been what the first one would have been the first ship they ever assimilated then the next one would be similar where it would just be kind of that ship with few Borg modifications and it would just... Oh, you just, talk about like each ship has its own small collective consciousness. Well, yeah, it would have its own design because it would just be just that assimilated species ship and it would just be going around doing the same thing and as time would go on, then they would develop the um, simple shape designs as they assimilated yeah. more, maybe. I don't I know, mean, they need more brains there's more bodies and more drones the thing is as well is how did the borg get that get that kind of connection with the collective consciousness so they're all linked up i mean was that originally part of their um genetic makeup or was it from a a species that they assimilated or did it happen when the borg queen came into existence just on a bigger scale i wonder if there was a certain degree they did find a species with that kind of abilities and mm. went oh actually this is kind of helping with that ship and then they stumbled across the ball queen species and went aha gold, holy grail we've hit the noun on head here we've hit gold here yeah that's that throw all our solutions but yeah because you've got to think uh, the Borg being connected in that way that collective consciousness is the, probably the biggest part of their identity isn't it I think really it's just a scenario of the Borg just solving problems and issues they're having and it just kind of just kept spiring out control and then just became what they are. Yeah, and you've got to think as well, particularly if you think about how the Borg think of individuality, particularly the Borg Queen. I mean, they, they really they really see it as, well, they just see it as a really bad thing, not, not, not you know... It's not saying they really find any value in, is it? No, it's just them trying to survive. And then that mm. just became the, the look for per- perfection. Mm. Just so that they would have no um, no problems, no mm. um, weaknesses. Mm. Because each of the species they came across would have its certain degree of um, weaknesses. And you hear it in Best of Both Worlds with Lacutus. 
where it's a bit like human. Oh, yeah, you just snap its neck. Oh, that one, you just break um, the clown's vertebrae. And if you simulate them, you kind of counter that by making them penetrable with um, force fields and nanites. You know, heavens, you you look back at um, regeneration, frozen, and then the nanites bring them back effectively from the dead. Mm. From being destroyed on the deflected ish, I think. That sounds bad, right? Yeah. So they've landed to Earth in the um, Arctic Circle, being blown up, thawed out, and the nanites have got to work and they've been a threat again. And then they've gone back to what they originally did in the first instance, assimilated Arctic One, the ship, and then slowly, slowly started modifying it to be effectively a Borg cube because they're future Borg from first contact. This is why I still think it's weird the way that we did the commentary to show me. That's another story. I we must have this debate, but thank you, sir. Um, and the production team was saying that one they were trying to make it so that the Arctic one was slowly being turned into a Borg cube, mm. but it does go back to their origins of assimilating. Well, my assumed origins of assimilating a ship and turning it into a Borg vessel. I think that does work into partly why I came I've come up with that theory. Well, I don't I think know. So. I, I feel like I'm getting down rabbit holes again like I did at the end of the last one because I've been going <laughs> for about 15 minutes and it, I'm going to keep going around in circles if I'm not careful. But I, th- I think it's interesting. I think there's an awful lot of things you can... Unpick. Yeah. A lot of things you can learn from not a lot of information. But, I, yeah, I think... I think I have made a few leaps and bounds in this one, actually. I think... We were thinking a bit too literally first time round. Yeah, I think I think Christoph and Rick's comments kind of have kind of encouraged us and helped us to think a bit more outside the box. I think. I do have a worrying situation where I think they may write back and tell us more, or maybe here's for another third year. <laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> Can um, you imagine that if we just keep doing these and then it just never ends as we keep coming up with different oh, theories? We'll make this an annual thing every year, Borg Designation Species episode. Can we just get Christoph on for one of those and just kind of help him try and help with this circus? Because I keep getting in rabbit holes and you can't... They lose me. Yeah. That's the problem with being a theory crafter. You just keep coming up with crap and... With this one, it's too enticing because there's not much to it, and you can you can put it wherever way you want it, and it fits because there's not much information to get to, to build on. Mm. So you can fill in the gaps wherever you like, and it works. I don't know. May, maybe we should just sit there and go. It's all of the above. Good night. Thank you. No, I, I definitely think it could be a combination of different things. Why not? <laughs> Part three is just me just going, yeah, it's it's everything you think. It's nothing that you think. Have fun. I'm off. James can sit here for 20 minutes and try and figure it out for himself. Because if I do, I do sit there and overthink it. But that's what I'm good at. That's that's why I'm here. That's why you're listening. <laughs> so um, have we said all we wanted to say, I think, about, about this? Yes, please, because, again, it's a bit like my plea from last time. Let's just call it a night here, because yeah, otherwise okay. we'll, I'll be here for another 20 <laughs> minutes with another theory, and Jim will be like, oh, for God's sake. Like. 
Because that's what happened last time. I think we just about stopped, and I came up with another thing, and he was like, oh, for God's sake, well, not again. I thought we'd we'd, I thought we'd done with this, and no, apparently not. But y- yes, I just, yeah. Advent calendar? Yeah. I wanted to end this by talking about my advent calendar from the end of last year that I spent forever unboxing at the end of last year that you won't be surprised is more effort than you think it is. Um, uh, my final thoughts are I think that it's well designed and produced at a great quality and well worth buying. But this is a very big but because the RRP for it was and is, I don't know if it's still up. I think it still is because, well, it's Eagle Muslim. They probably built a billion of the damn things. Uh, the RRP for it was 120 quid. I didn't pay 120 quid for it. But I think it's definitely worth buying at a discount. And I would point you in the direction of, which is probably what I'm going to do this year because I know that they'll be bringing it out again. Because more of you bought it than you said you were. Because I think I put a thing in a facebook group and everyone went why the hell did you buy that and i and months went by and then everyone bought it um (laughs) i would definitely recommend buying it on black friday where it's already at a discount and then you can shove on some discount codes onto it and you can get it for um about well you can get it for half that you can get it for about 60 quid which for what it is I would recommend buying. Pretty good value for money by the sound of it. Um, and I would also say, Eagle Moss has a habit of widely releasing exclusive products after a while. So keep an eye on their website as some of the products in the calendar may. I don't know. I may be 100% wrong with this, but I like to think that they may end up on their website eventually. So there may be a way of buying the things without actually having to buy the calendar if you don't want any of the things in it. Um, the one thing I would recommend watching because I always like to send you in a direction of really good uh, unboxing video or whatever go and check out the Geekology video go and check out David and Sven's video because their video is brilliant and they um, they went into it with the impression of most of the community of cynical as hell going this is going to be a pile of crap why did we buy this by the end of it they actually loved it so you can't get a more true um, example of what's in it and look at what the items are. But I, I'm happy with it. I would just buy it at a discount, a very good discount, because 120, no, nah. no, nah, definitely not. I wouldn't. I didn't buy it at 120. I'm not going to tell you how much I bought it for, but how I, much did you buy it for, sorry? <laughs> um, so. Yeah, my final thoughts are buy it, just hold off. Just buy it at a very good discount because that's more more worth its value. Mm. Uh, the it's it has a better cost to it per item. The, if you buy, it, I don't, I don't know. Even at um, Desso Star Street, they were setting it off for what hundred pounds. Yeah, I think so. Pardon me. Um, which I think's good. What was it? I think it's, I've done this before, but I can't remember what the answer says. So a hundred pounds, um, it works out to be four pounds sixteen per item. But at the that's your number that 
I saw was £58.75 and then divide that by 24 is £2.44. And I can tell you for a majority of the items, it is well worth it for £2.44 per item. Definitely. Um, there are still a bit of filler in there because there, my God, there is some to it in there and isn't worth that price, even that price. But in terms of um, the majority of it, I definitely say it. I, I love their pins. I say I'm wearing one right now and there's five in there. Um, the only real clangers that I can really say, for at least for me, that does change per person, um, were the stickers. And, oh, the one thing I actually hated, and Jamie will know, is it the horrible pencil sharpener. That oh. is literally <laughs> no money at all. Uh, me, personally, I don't like the espresso cup because I don't drink anything really with caffeine in it. I don't drink coffee or that would probably appeal more to me because I do drink coffee sometimes. Well, it's tiny. It's for espresso. Mm. So, so it's tiny. Um, but majority of it is lovely. Like the prints are great. The, the pins are lovely. Uh, I, I do like the Enterprise D socks. They will be, I have, I eventually will be doing an Enterprise D episode, so I'll wear them. I love the coasters. The bag tags, not bad. The magnets on our fridge. The boss opens all right. The tea towels eventually going to end up in our uh, kitchen. Uh, The key rings are good value. Really good weight to it. Glasses case, I don't have a need for it, but I reckon you could use that for multiple things. Uh, Oh, the paperweight's on my desk currently. Um, The bookmark, I'm probably going to use. The travel hold, travel pass holder. Is a really good quality. It's just not my style. I've already got one. I've got Duck Two one, so I'm covered. Um, Jamie's got a much one he prefers. Yeah. Which he got from Christmas from me. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Uh, said that one. Said that one. Oh, and the uh, Shadowcaster is a really nice quality. It's a really nice way to end it. And for the price of two pounds. 44 i think it was mm. that is an absolute bargain and so overall you would reckon you definitely would recommend it overall i would do it's a really lovely advent calendar it's not small it really is not a small box to have it in but i would recommend it again i, I would just recommend trying to try and buy it for half price if you can it's re- it, you holding off until black friday possibly cyber monday but i think the best deals are around black friday because I think my whole thing going into this was trying to use the majority of it and I think I am most of it's not going to be hidden away um, I was not impressed by the playing cards The play- I am a bit finickety with playing cards they really have to be very something special for me to be interested and I'm not excited by their playing cards I'm more excited by the uh, Forbidden Planet Star Trek um, playing cards they released finally Jamie knows what I'm on about with that yeah. finally <laughs> that's another story for another day I think um, and then there's a lovely bottle stop 
a stopper in there, which again I don't really drink much, but it's a really nice quality item. Um, so there's not much I will sit there and go, what the hell were they thinking? Like, mm. there is like two things in there that I, and even with the stickers, I'm I'm complaining about them, but I know for, they've already gone in my pile of how can I use them in one of my journals. So even with that, I kind of can't really argue too much. The pencil mm. sharpener, it's in my stationery drawer, but I'm never going to use the damn thing because it's a pile of crap. <laughs> I've already got one of those types on my desk that I avoid like the plague. And even with that, I don't use because I use mechanical pencils. I find them far easier. So yeah. out of 24, I, would, I think I came up with the figure. I think there's eight. There you go. I don't quite get it. There's 16 that I'm quite happily with. I've already moved the coasters near to my desk so that they can get used. Although Jamie knows I've already got five next to my desk. Mm. And I don't know when I'm going to have nine people around my desk. Not that I can get nine people around my desk, but I I think I can say I like coasters and playing cards. But they are really nice quality. Um... just just buy a discount people just buy it at 60 quid and you're getting a real bargain if they they can keep this quality up you're on to a winner and i think it's definitely worth buying or getting someone to buy it for you for 60 quid it's pricey but compared with some of the other advent candles out there you look at some of the beauty ones and my god um this this makes the uh eagle moss's ones look cheap in comparison like you look at kind of liberties and some of the other ones out there and you just go okay right um like that you're you're talking like 230 pounds or whatever and with, with this one you're talking 120 at worst oh. yeah with the beauty ones you're talking about very fancy um beauty brands in there but even still oh, yeah. you know it's, I would recommend it. What, what are your thoughts, Shame? I know you haven't really seen it or anything. You've just seen pictures like every other person on the internet. That's. Um, I think I think some of it I probably would get, yeah, but I don't think I'd buy. Not sure if I'd buy the whole thing as it is, but definitely some interesting things in there that I definitely would love to get a hold of. What's what, what have you got your eye on? Hmm. I quite liked. Oh, what was it? Was that one of the, the Borg one you had? The book, what Borg one? Uh, <laughs> was it that one? I must be thinking of something else. I quite like the playing cards. Yeah, I wasn't impressed. Yeah. Um, that probably, but you know, I, I like that kind of thing anyway. So probably that, I suppose, probably the most. Do I need to send you over an image so you can actually work out what you think? No, you're good. Yeah, good. it's... But I but, think you can understand why I bought it, though. Oh, yeah, of course. I think the prints are just lovely. The quality on them's... Even if the postcard sets... What I think is a bit weird with it is the postcard sets... You go to some of the talks at Death Station Star Trek and they were handing them out and it's a bit like, OK, that's a bit <laughs> weird. Um... But so, I, yeah, I, that's my thoughts with it. I just wanted to um, get it out uh, of it. 
I wanted to build on what I said on yeah. social media over Advent because I hadn't actually said much about my final thoughts and I thought well we're talking Borg and well it's a good way of wasting yeah 20 minutes of time just yeah just it's worth buying it really is because Egomos do know what they're doing it isn't all cheap as cheap and nasty to they've kept that down to an absolute minimum which is what you want in an advent calendar of its costs I would just say buy it at a cost because you know they're buying the you you know they're producing them at probably I would, I would say probably I don't know you need to talk to the geekology guys and they probably know how much it, it it costs to produce something like this but you know if they're selling it at like 120 they're probably producing this at like 30 or 40 quid per thing at that hmm. I don't know I don't know anything about that sort of stuff but you know they're, they're making a huge profit on it so if you can bring that down so that your profit well actually no it must be probably about 20 quid or 20 quid maybe because if the best you can buy it at 60 they must surely still have a profit in there that's worth bothering with if they can sell it at that price and still make a profit still make it viable probably. so it must, be, it must be about 20 quid then yeah so so if you right. can so if you can change the ratio of you buying it and them still making a bit of profit do it when you can buy it at the cheapest because you are get, then getting a bargain because I would, I would recommend buying it again I think we're like I'm going around in circles again but I, I'm very happy with that I'm really and yes Eagle Moss are the shit people I know but can you imagine how much that would add on to the cost of the damn thing and then people going oh why can you imagine like they break as it is a trying to ship them to you anyhow and then trying to put them in an advent calendar oh there are a few other oddities that did come up through it as well that i need you need to talk about i as you saw in the pictures in my espresso cup not that i'm going to use it but it's a shame there is a horrible stick on the bottom of it so there is a bit of quality control where you go what were they thinking that day probably it's a friday but who knows <laughs> and then i also saw with the second sets of prints that someone on Twitter ends up with the day four print again. So there are a few little problems that occur in it, but I suppose that's with every advent candidate. No doubt if you get in contact with Egon, they will no doubt replace it. And again, I, I'm not bothering with my espresso cup because I reckon I could probably get it out. I just can't be bothered because I'm never going to use a damn thing. But it's, but yeah, it's well worth it. And, I think they're going to do another one. I think they've done really well with this one. I can't talk for the Doc. The Doc 2 one looks great as well. I'm just not Hoovian enough to warrant it. Um, it looked great in there. Um, if you want to know about that one, I would watch uh, The Geek's Handbag. They did an unboxing of it that, again, was worth watching. Who I never really get a chance to recommend, but they're worth watching for their unboxing of that Advent Kanda. The Beatles, I have no idea about at all because I don't care. So I don't know. I don't have any recommendations. I can tell you about Geekology for um, the Ball Cube one and the Geeks Handbag on YouTube, or both on YouTube for um, the Doc 2 one. Because the Doc 2 one, because you can tell that they've done it by the same logic they've done the Borg one. They've all got the same sort of layout and item 
look to them. A few slight differences, but on the uh, on the surface, they're effectively the same sort of thing. You get a magnet, you get a kind of you get five pins, you get some prints, you get uh, like bookmarks, you get all those sort of things. But it's effectively the same sort of makeup. So I'd say the same for the Doc Two ones as well. Just buy it at a discount. So oh, I don't know. That lasted long than I thought it was going to do, but it's all right. So uh, I, I enjoyed talking about it, and I'm I do like this. This is a nice pin to wear, actually. It's a really nice pin to wear. It's it's nicely detailed. It does look good on you as well. And the clasp is not too intrusive. I think it's something I do find when I put them on for the episodes. Um, yeah, they are a bit distracting, but at least this one's quite nice and it hasn't distracted me once in this whole episode. Um, yeah. Yeah. Next time we're back, we are doing something in a new series of episodes, aren't we, Jamie? Yes. Do you want to tell them or do you want me to? Yeah. So um, basically, this is going to be the first of what you've kind of obviously deemed like the Disney Plus series, isn't it? Um, So the first one, I want you to pronounce (laughs) this because I always get it bloody (laughs) wrong. Yes, which while I'll be introducing the next one as well, wasn't this one? Yes. That's uh, One Division. Yeah, One Division. It's their names together, Jamie. It's just, yeah, One Division. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're just going to do uh, effectively a <clears throat> a retrospective, per se. Kind of, well, at least for me. Jamie's never seen any of them. No, I need to watch them, but that'll be our next episode. So I'll probably start watching that relatively we're, soon. We're just going to be talking through what we think of it. Just kind of, it'll be interesting to see from my point of view, because I've watched mostly every other Marvel Disney Plus show. As I always say, whenever I bring this up, minus the one that I can never remember the name of, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I think I've actually remembered for once in my life, but I can't be bothered with that one. So that's the only one I've skipped. Every All the other ones... I've done, I've seen, I've watched and enjoyed. But again, there's another story within that, but that's for an episode way down the line because, my God, Jamie, you've got an awful lot of catching up to do. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I do wonder whether we actually make a few more of these because we, you have got, like, four to catch up on. Mm. So I do wonder if we do maybe an extra one later in the year and... Well, I'm still pottering for a few more extras to try and help out with a certain project that I'm working on onto Jamie. So yes. if we can if we can eke one out with this, that wouldn't be a bad thing. If we can, I think this may be something where we can actually do more than one a year, Jamie. Because hmm. I know why not? it's a bit like your horror argument with um, season reviews. Yes, and I simply quickly went, yeah, that's not happening ever. This thing, yes, I can actually see it happening because that's actually plausible and conceivable and I would actually be quite into doing it and getting your first few opinions on it all because I've watched... When we do them, it will be my second watching of them so I know everything that's going to go on. But yeah, so that'll be our next episode, guys. But we also just want to thank... I know this was ages ago, ages and ages ago, but I want to thank Christoph and Rick kind of for help contributing because they kind of helped create part two of this episode so we just want to send out a big thanks to them as well yes and 
if you have any opinions on what we said, get onto social media and I'm no doubt I'll be there having a discussion. And we may have a part three where we talk nonsense for another hour and 20 hour. minutes. Of <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed our first episode of the new year and we'll be back talking about One Division soon. Yeah, yeah, I am introducing that one because we'll be there forever, Jamie, cool. trying to work out how to say it. <laughs> Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.